welcome everybody to the Bakery Bears radio show. My name's Dan. And I'm Kay. And we're back. And this time, in a change to our normal schedule, we're actually already en route because we're going to our post office, which, yep. as you'll recall from previous walks, is a bit of a hike. Didn't used to be, used Didn't to be used close, to. but it closed. So we're going to head through a nice little park and have a chat on the way about our favourite summer blockbusters. Yeah. This was a suggestion from a lovely listener, and we're always very happy to take lovely suggestions from listeners. So do let us know if you have any ideas for a show. But I think as we're getting into summer, people wondered what... Now, when we say summer blockbusters, we're talking about movies that were released in the summer or... In a, maybe in a change to what... I mean, I don't know what people expect when they say summer blockbusters, because I think there's films that were released in the summer and also films that are good to watch in the summer. Mm. And there's definitely some films... Well, I think there's one film on my list. I'm not really even sure when it was released. I think it might be near to Christmas. But for me, it's the perfect summer film. I'm actually not certain as well about one of the films on your list you would think that it definitely must be a summer release. But I'm, I'm really intrigued to know. I can't say what it is, of course, because I'll blow one of the, the films on your list. I don't know which one it is you're I'll referring tell you. to. I'll tell you when we get to it, because okay. it's like, for me, it is like the epitome of summer movies. So we're going to try and name all our... We'll try and give ten. Ten. <laughs> like we did last time, we'll try and give our top ten. So... It's five from each of us. Our top ten summer blockbusters. But also, for a bit of fun, we're going to throw out one that we really hate. One that we really can't stand. Yeah, I know. You, you shouldn't hate anything, should you? So, yes, we'll say can't stand. Shall we cross over? <laughs> Let's cross over. Which is worse, hate or can't stand? Hate. I don't, right. I, I don't like the word hate. I, I want to know. I've got, as I've got older, I've got very interested in etymology and where words come from mm. and how they came about. And I'm very interested in the sort of etymology of the word hate. Yeah, it's just not a pleasant feeling around that word. No. And there's so, other, so many other words you can say instead. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So we'll get underway on this walk properly and then we'll be back in just a second to start talking about our top 10 summer blockbusters. So yes, you'd think we were in Knightsbridge in London. I know, but no. But we're not, we're just on a little side road. <laughs> just trying to... In a market town <laughs> in the north of England. I would say this is one of the busiest roads in our town, do you think? Yeah, th th this is busy, but also the one going that way is yeah, horrendously the one going busy. That way. It's all of the sort of main roads that lead into town. Yeah. So obviously they're usually busy. And this road we're walking along also heads towards the train station. Yeah, which has got so, a lot of work going on it at the moment. Gosh, it really has. I think they've got like a hundred million pound scheme going on at the moment for our railway station. Some of it I approve of and I think it'll be lovely. Some of it, not so much. It's really tricky because I'm not really sure what was completely wrong with the old I one. I don't think there's anything wrong with our train station. It's an old Victorian, I would say, train station. Really pretty. And I think what concerns me more is 
the road that approaches the station, which we're just about to cross now, because they're going to spend, you know, you just said 100 million or something on the road. Oh, lovely. What's that? Oh, oh it's a oh, motorbike. Yeah. It's a motorbike in there. We're good to go. Spend 100 million on the railway station yeah. when perhaps they should spend 100 million on filling the potholes in the roads. Yeah, maybe they <laughs> on should. On route to the railway station. It's been oh, an interesting. Cars, cars there. It's okay. Yeah. All Let's is, look in. All is see right if we can see him. Because our... Carl's car is outside the garage. Look. I was in the garage the other day actually dropping some yarn off for his wife and he was busy so I was stood for a bit and I was just watching all the goings on in the garage. Oh, I loved it. I said to him, gosh, I could bring in a chair and my knitting yeah. yeah. and just sit and watch because it's like a proper old-fashioned garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, cars upon ramps and bits of things being taken out and other bits being put in and I just I loved it. Anyway. Let's have a first summer blockbuster then <laughs> from Kate. Uh, well, my first one actually... Try and start with your favourite. Well, yeah, I would say that I've got to say these because... These sort of go together, these two films. Oh, it's a bit quiet now. That's nice, isn't it? These two films, for me, go together. Yeah. And they're very summery. Yeah. And I must have watched them a billion, billion times. Yeah. Brian also loves them. That's our daughter. Our daughter. And it's two films starring Peter Ustinov as Hercule Poirot, made in the 70s, I think. They were made, were they? I would have thought it's the 70s. Yeah, I and Because I can guess the ones. Yeah, and the first one is Evil Under the Sun. Genius. And the second one is, of course, Death on the Nile. And whenever I watch one of them, I immediately have to go and watch the other one. Yeah. Because I just feel like they go together. Yeah. And I think Peter Ustinov did do another one. I can't remember the name of it. I think I tried to watch it once, but I didn't really like it. I think it might have been... It was either more modern or... Oh, I think it was slightly more modern. Right. And it just didn't do it for me. Right. But anyway, these two are just fantastic. And the they're cast, definitely summer movies too, because oh, yeah. it's boiling in both of them. Boiling in both of them. Yeah. So that's why it feels like summer movies for me, because it is such warm weather when you know, one of them set in Egypt the other one's set like yeah. on this island in the kind of Mediterranean I suppose yeah I think in reality it was filmed on I think it was Mallorca the cast in both of these films is just brilliant and there's Maggie Smith is in Evil Under the Sun and she's fantastic there's an actress actually that's in both of them I can't remember her name in Death on the Nile, she plays Louise Bourget, and in Evil Under the Sun, oh, I can't remember the character's name, she plays the, the woman who turns out to be the sort of perpetrator of it all at the end. Yeah, you better put the brolly on. Yes, you can't beat a brolly in the summer. Well, I'm just rearranging myself. We approve like. very much. It's raining, yeah, which is absolutely lovely. So, yeah, I love these these two films are two of my absolute favourites. I could watch them any time of year, to be honest, but I do tend to gravitate towards them in the summer. So you've actually given us two. There's two, but I just consider it to be one. I know well, that's well, silly, but well, you, you I might have helped watch. us out because in the last two shows we've tried to get to ten and we've got oh, to I've nine. Oh, struggled. Oh, right. Okay. Both times. So I snuck in an extra one early on. Thank goodness. So, uh, okay then. So it's my turn. 
So it's a tricky one because it could be one of two films. But I'm going to go with a film that was, I know it was released in America in May, so it's late May, so it's spring really, but it ran through the summer and yeah. it's considered a summer blockbuster. And it's Back to the Future Part 1. Ah, gosh. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. It's very summery, that. This isn't was it? like. It feels very summery. Well, of course, the film is set in November. Oh, that's actually true. Yes. But so it's, why does it feel summery then? That's well, funny. I think it's because it feels very colourful and bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. There's, there's nothing in it that sort of says... I mean, we obviously what perceive... What the season is, yeah. yeah. We perceive the world from the point of view of England. Yeah. And it certainly did not look like a November in England in that movie. Gosh, no, <laughs> absolutely didn't. And in reality, it was probably filmed at a different time of year, wasn't it? Well, they had an interesting filming schedule, of course, because Eric Stoltz was originally cast That's as Marty right. McFly. They yeah. filmed it, they looked at it, they realised he just wasn't capturing the humour that they were looking for. Yeah. Which way do you want to go this way? This way. Right. And so they brought in Michael J. Fox, which I think, I think made it. Yeah. I just, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at Eric Stoltz movies from sort of similar periods, the only one that... I sort of semi-enjoyed his performance in was Memphis Bell, but even in Memphis Bell, I find him, I think he feels like slightly more of a serious actor yeah, than Michael yeah. J. Fox. We've, we've seen him recently, haven't we, in Madame Secretary? Yeah. He's in that quite a lot, and he di I think he directs it or produces it, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's very good in it, but he is quite a serious character. I don't know why, he just to me comes across as a bit of a spanner. <laughs> yeah, he is a bit of a spanner, isn't he? You're quite right. Well, I have a feeling that he's he's playing... I would predict that is his character. Yeah. But, but Back to the Future, for me, it's like just... I just adored it. Yeah. I was at the Minster School at the time, and I went to see it first time with my parents, and then went another six times after that yeah. with different friends. Just six. Seven, so seven in total. It's good going. Yeah, I know. I just love it so much. And, you know, I think that there is a reason why I drive the car that I drive. Yeah. Because that is sem it's similar to Marty's pickup truck at the end yeah. of that film. And also, I was very keen to get a red body warmer. Yeah, yeah, which you have got, yeah. Which I've got. And you wear it with a check shirt. <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. And my black denim jacket yeah. sometimes if it's really cold. So, Back to the Future, just the perfect, it's just perfect in every way. Yeah. And actually, you know, one of the people that was on my heroes list, so from two episodes ago, was Doc Brown. Yeah. Because that, he, he's the character who you want to be friends with. Yeah. You know, I don't think I, I mean, I certainly wouldn't not be friends with Marty McFly, but it's Doc Brown who's the cool one. Yeah. So that is my first summer blockbuster, okay. and it's definitely my favorite. So my next one is something of a blockbuster, and it's a film you love as well. And actually, we've not watched it for a while. And it's Gladiator. Oh, wow. Great choice. Yeah. And they're just doing a sequel. They are, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, that'll be interesting. Look at those roses, aren't they pretty? They're very pretty. Some um, roses climbing in the hedge next to us. 
Very pretty. We can smell them. Sadly, you can't smell them. Sorry, you... No, listeners, I do apologise. They smell lovely. <laughs> they do. I think rain can sometimes bring out smells more, can't it? Yes. Oh, when it first rained the other day. After ages of dryness. After ages of, like, weeks of no rain. It came down quite heavy, and do you know you get that smell? Oh, gosh. It was heaven. We all stuck our heads out the windows and smelled. And it made me look it up, and I found out what that smell is. It's called Petrichor. And it, this was like looked into, I think it said in the 60s or something, or 50s. And some scientists discovered that when you've had a period of really dry weather and then you get rain, the, the stones and the earth, they kind of emit this substance, yeah. which smells, right. you know, that's what you smell. Yeah. And I think it is actually used in things now. Right. Because you you can kind of, I suppose in theory, you could force it out of the stones, couldn't you? Yeah. And it's like a yellow, yellow in colour. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, Gladiator. It, it is just an epic, isn't it? And it's... Absolutely. For me, the thing that particularly makes it is the music. And I know this composer, I'm not sure you think massively highly of this composer. Not who really, no. Who did it? Hans Zimmer. Oh, Hans Zimmer, yeah. I mean, he's a really famous composer, isn't he? And why is it you don't rate him particularly? Right, there are... Do you think he's a bit, like, one-dimensional? Um, is that what you've said before? It's very difficult to pick a classic tune yeah. from Hans Zimmer and not hear it in every score he's ever written. Oh, yeah. For example, the best part... You see, I think he came up with some great ideas early on in his career. Yeah. Uh, and he's just reused them Yeah, yeah. So, so Gladiator, fairly, fairly early on in his career, and the, the great piece of music is at the very start where he's going into battle, you will hear Pirates of the Caribbean in it. Yeah, that is true. And he, he, for me, he just... What he's done is... He's come up with a few good things and he just regurgitates them over and over again. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. also as well, when you listen to his music, I don't think that the, the great cinema composers, you will listen to it and you will say that is going to be like, listen to like a piece of classical music yeah. in 50, 100 years. Mm. I don't think that with his music. Right. I think his music, I'm, I'm not saying it's rubbish. Of course it's not rubbish. But I think that it is a film soundtrack and nothing more. Right. Whereas John Williams yeah. or oh, Michael Kamen. Bill Conti, as I've just discovered. Bill Conti. You know, there's so many. Jerry Goldsmith. I mean, if you think about the Jerry Goldsmith work on Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, you love that music. The music yeah, at, yeah, at the start yeah. of every one of the Star Brilliant. Trek films Brilliant. is absolutely sweeping, completely yeah. original and wonderful. You can sometimes not really absorb the music, I think, when you're watching a film. Yeah, you're too focused it, on the visuals. It, that's right. But if you actually just stop for a minute and just sort of listen to the music, you it's see, just phenomenal. It's a funny point, though, that you bring up, and it's a fair argument, and that is... When you go to the cinema, you're very focused on the visuals. So yeah. should the music stand alone or should it be a complement to the visuals? It, yeah, I mean, and Hans Zimmer writes music that is a complement to the visuals. It's interesting. I mean, having, as you know, I've mentioned 
recently I've been re-watching North and South and that made me, because I love the music, I absolutely love it, love it, like, yeah. hugely. And it made me go look for the soundtrack and the soundtrack is on Apple Music. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I'm having that. So I downloaded it. Yeah. And I've been listening to it. And it's so brilliant. What I love about soundtracks is when you can watch the movie in your head as yeah. you're listening to the soundtrack. Yeah, definitely. And that's exactly what happens with North and South. I know exactly what's going on yeah. on the screen when I listen to the music. What is it you really love about Gladiator? So Gladiator, I love the, the sort of, I love the feel of it. Yeah. I love the cinematography, it's amazing. Yeah. The costumes. It, it feels like you're actually in ancient Rome. Yeah. And the recreation of the Colosseum is just amazing. Yeah. And this was done some years ago. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't probably the best CGI, but I think no. it's just brilliant. The story's great. I mean, I kind of don't really like it when characters die, so I didn't really like well, that very much. No, but I didn't. They, they had two choices with yeah. that film, and it's the only point in the film where I would have done things differently. I would have to. The funny thing is, I'm not taking anything away from the film, though, because no. I still think that even the way that they did it was brilliant but the point where he's escaped from the slave yeah. place the, the the point where oliver reed has helped him get out yeah. and you know said you yeah. know go and you know re retake the empire yeah. and he goes to meet his servant the scottish guy yeah. and then the scottish guy gets hung doesn't he and it that's does. when he realizes yeah. it was a trap for me at that point i wouldn't have done that i would have had it where he does escape, he does raise an army, there's a massive pitched battle with the evil emperor, yeah. and he wins and everything turns out wonderfully. Yeah. But of course, actors don't ever want to do that. No. Actors want to do the sort of... Big scenes, heroic you know, deaths. yeah. Yes, I do wish he hadn't died, I mean... But all that said... But all that being said, I it's think still it's a, a Yeah, I think it's a great film that kind of transports you away, and that's really what I want with a film. I think that that scene where they arrive in Rome and you, you sort of get flashes yeah. of the, the, the forum and yeah. you get flashes of the, the sort of centre of the, the ancient city of Rome, I think the only other time that was attempted was in... Anthony and Cleopatra with Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. Gosh, right. And that was, uh, that film cost a fortune. Right. And it did look really good. Yeah, but yeah. what they did in Gladiator looked much more historically appropriate. Yes. And it just, I agree with you, I think it was great. And I think it's going to be really cool to see what they do with the new film. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it'll be good. So my next summer blockbuster is an easy one to predict. It is, of course, Solo, a Star Wars oh, story. Oh my gosh, yeah. This is, there's only been two films in the history of films, <laughs> which I have gone to see more than once. Yeah. The first one was my number one, Back to the Future. Yeah. And my second one is my number two. And how many times did we see that? Six, I think. We saw it six times at the cinema. Yeah. Solo, a Star Wars story is everything that I want in a movie. It's also everything that I want from the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And it is completely at odds with every other film that they've made. It is. I think that if that film hadn't had the difficulties it had with directors who they sacked, 
the storyline which they rewrote, changes that they made. I think if they just got Ron Howard in from the start, filmed that film, their budget would have been less. Yeah. There would have been less bad sort of press around it on release. Yeah. I think a lot more people would have gone to see it and they would have made more money anyway yeah. because they wouldn't have been taking into account that they'd spent millions on producing a film which they never released. But we just adored that film. We did, and we do, we still do. There no, are it's... too many great characters in it. Yeah. And... The whole thing is just brilliant. It's Star Wars perfection. Yeah. There, there is not a single thing to criticise By the about genius that him. is Ron Howard. Yeah, Ron Howard's just brilliant. I love him. He's, ama he's an amazing, amazing He just knows director. how to direct, doesn't he? Yeah. And the... the the acting is just, it's so great. Alden Ehrenreich oh, he's is better than, than Harrison Ford. He absolutely and, is. And I was like, oh no, I don't want to see it because there's only one Solo. Yeah. And then we go and see it and I'm like, no, no. I'm like, no, this, this, is, this is Han Solo, yeah. I think it's because he approaches it with a much more sort of youthful, positive, keen to get out in the world. Yes. Or, or the universe, and, but also as well. There's so many wonderful characters all around. I mean, Donald Glover's just great. He's, he's brilliant. Lando's like, yes. Lando's amazing. And then the, the, the evil woman, although she, you don't really know she's evil towards the end, I thought Amelia Clark was really great. She was, yeah. But then Dryden Voss. Oh, he's just, that's Bryony's favourite. Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany's fantastic. And he was recast. He was, He was yeah. originally played by... I can't remember the name of the actor, but we had actually seen the actor who was originally cast. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it was a shame because he was a good actor too, but Paul Bettany was just he brilliant. He was. He was perfect. So, and, and oh, the score to that film, the John score, Powell. Well, John Powell. We've listened to that score so many times. The funny thing is, John Powell, you see, what, what Hans Zimmer does is Hans Zimmer has a, a studio where he... It works with young composers. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, the Gladiator soundtrack is Hans Zimmer and Lisa Gerard. Oh, right. And that's what Hans Zimmer does. He does train up young guys, and yeah. one of his guys who he trained up was John Powell. Oh, right. And, you know, that's hilarious, really, because yeah. John Powell writes... So different, his music. Completely different. Yeah. John Powell writes music which will be listened to yeah. in generations' time, yeah. and people will go, that's just amazing. Yeah. For me, I think the solo a Star Wars story score, it might be... I mean, it's hard, but it could be the best one of all the Star Wars yeah. uh, m musical scores. So... Definitely, I mean, just movie perfection. You could stick on Back to the Future or Solo a Star Wars Story and I'm always going to be a happy boy. Yes. Give us another one. Another one, okay. I'm going with a musical. Ooh. I'm going with a classic musical and it's Calamity Jane. Oh my goodness. Because you can't beat Calamity Jane, I don't think, in terms of musicals. I was, I bought, I, again, I watched this recently. It's funny because we are technically in, in summer well summer officially starts tomorrow doesn't it on solstice but anyway <laughs> as anyway, we walk in the pouring as rain as we walk in the pouring rain which is my perfect again, summer weather yes, no complaints. I'm not complaining no. but I watched it recently and it does again is that kind of happy very bright full of colour and then you know this oh gosh the there's people in it that sing the people that sing the actors, let's say, 
are just amazing. I mean, Howard Keel, you, oh, his voice. I mean, has there any been any has there been anybody since Howard Keel that really sounds like that? I suppose you'd I mean, have to think about people like Hugh Jackman, but yeah, yeah, I was going to say Hugh, Hugh Jackman when he was younger. Oh no, I know. Um, the Orville fella. Oh, yeah, Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane, amazing. Yeah, yeah but definitely. He's, yeah, he's not got the sort of deep resonance of Howard Keel, has he, I don't no. think? No, and he's a different type of singer. I mean, Howard yeah. Keel will have trained as an operatic singer. Right. So he's trained, uh, you know, all about projection. Yeah, a different era as well, isn't it? You yeah. Know? There will have been elements, though, of opera training in him. That's why it's yeah. called operatic. Yeah. Whereas Seth MacFarlane is much more swing. Yes. So it, it, it's two it's two different sides to the same coin. Yeah. Because yeah. they're both the same sort of iconic, brilliant singers. Yeah. But Howard Keel, I mean, who who could Hugh Jackman in the original cast recording when he was about? Gosh, I mean, it must be twenty five years ago. Right. And he's playing Curly in. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. But he's still not no, Howard Keel. No, no, no. I can't no. think of anyone to I touch him. I can't think of anyone that no. touches Howard Keel. And he's such a great actor as well. Oh, he's brilliant. You know, he's got. He seems to have got everything. He's got. He's got such presence on screen. Yeah. You know, he's this tall, handsome fella, and he can act and he can sing, and you're like, oh my goodness. And then you pair him with Doris Day, and it's just like a match made in heaven for Doris me. Doris Day is just Doris amazing. Day, I mean... I mean, Doris Day, when she looks at you, it's oh. like... Uh, but also as well, I mean, when she sings, you know, I mean, anything that she sings is amazing. It, angelic. Again, I can't think of anybody that... She's amazing. ...comes near Doris Day. No, no, I mean... Just so beautiful. No, there, there really isn't anyone to touch. No. And, you know, it's... You've got to hope that someone you've got to hope that there will be a resurgence because yeah. you would have thought that there might have been and there certainly seems to be the desire after greatest showman yeah for that kind of it's fizzled film. it's just fizzled away it does seem to have and you know all we seem to get is superhero after superhero but then we did get we did get spirited yes that is true and you know that had elements of you know, that wonderful spirited, musical feel. Yeah, Spirited is wonderful. So you, we've just got to hope that perhaps... I think there's a desire there from an audience. And also as well, when you look at the history of the world, yeah. I have a feeling that, you know, after we've come out of hard times, I do think that's when these types of things are really loved. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you think about after the Second World War and the sort of, the, the, the amazing musicals yeah. that were appearing and people were flocking to see them. Yeah, Because yeah. there's nothing happier, is there? No, and that's what I was going to say about Clarity Jane. You know, there's nothing perilous happens. No. You don't need to worry about some tragic death. Yeah. Or somebody getting injured or maimed in some war or yeah. any of that, you know, and it ends so wonderfully. Yeah. It's just got so, it's I know life is not like that, but that's, you know, yeah, life is... we don't is, go to the cinema to see life. We, well, we don't. We, we live that, don't we? And I don't need to see real life in the <laughs> cinema. No. I see enough of it in yes. my everyday life. Yes. Go that way, darling, because yes, that'll yes, avoid the... Escapism is what we want at the cinema. Well, of course you do. Of course you do. Why would you? I don't understand why you would want to see something that's very real. Like, why would you want to go and see a film 
that was to do with a virus escaping or something because I know there's been a few made yeah, hasn't yeah, there has, yeah. Yeah. and I'm like why would you want to do that oh yeah. we've just lived through what we've lived through I anyway know. I so, think yeah, Howard Kiel's one of Howard Kiel's best roles for me and I know we spoke about this before is I love him because he's the main character so you get a lot more of him and you also get a lot more singing from him in yeah. Kiss Me Kate yeah and I, I don't know that I've seen that Kiss Me Kate is based on the taming of the shrew and um, is that Shakespeare? Yes. Yes. And it, I, I just, I love him in that so much because he's funny, yeah. he's singing a lot, he's also charming because... He's, he's very charming, isn't he? Yes. yes. Really, really charming. You know, I love Seven Brides as well. That's yeah, another oh, yeah, that's one of my favourites. It is really good. But is, that's a wintry film, you know? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so another... For me, right, if you say summer, yeah. above all other films that I've said so far, this is the film which I want to put on. Yeah. And it's Father of the Bride with Steve oh, Martin. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh, I oh we always, always watch these films in the summer holidays, don't we? With Brian. I'm not convinced that it was necessarily released in the summer, but I don't care. Because in the summer, that is the film yeah. which I want to watch. And you know, when I watch that, I mean, first of all, it's a wonderful film. It's just a wonderful it is, film. It is. We, the, the acting's great. The story's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I know funny. it's a remake of the Spencer Tracy movie. Yeah, yeah. So great story, great acting. Everything about it is just. Steve Martin's just brilliant. Steve isn't Martin's it? brilliant. Diane Keaton is of course Diane brilliant. Diane Keaton is really, really great. I mean, you know, as an ensemble cast, it is really, really tremendous. Yeah. But the, what makes it so special is, oh, I mean, it was definitely one summer holiday in particular yeah. that we sort of kicked into it. Yeah. And then it sort of became tradition. Yeah. One summer holiday, you know, we would go out for the day and then we'd come back and, I mean, Bryony was probably only like five or six. Yeah, I think she's a bit older than that. Well, we've been watching it a long time. We have been watching it a long time, but I would say she was more eight, nine. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, we we would have when we go on holiday, we'd typically go out first thing in the morning, go and do something for you know a good portion of the day, get back sort of three o'clock, settle down, watch a nice film. Perfection, really, for me. That. Yeah, and, and the, the the point, of course, being that the film she always wanted to watch, literally every day, was <laughs> Father of the Bride, <laughs> which was and fine. And the second one as well. Oh yeah, the second one's also really great. The second one's brilliant. I mean, it's not a classic score, but there's still some great bits of music in there it. There are, yeah, there so, are. So, Father of the Bride, definitely yeah. the ultimate. It is, out of all of them, when you say summer to me, I hear that music in my head. Yeah. And I do find, I think as, as a, you know, as a dad to a daughter, and especially now, as that daughter's getting older, you can sort of feel the, the, the poignancy yeah. of it too. Yeah, because um, they don't want to do the same things, do they, as they get older? And well, it's more, you know, seeing him... We do still him, watch films together, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what, what I mean is it's, you know, seeing all the stages of life that yeah, yeah, he goes yeah. through and his flashbacks and all of those things when she's then getting married and dealing yeah. with, you know, those types of situations. You yeah. can sort of start to look at to that it. and you can mm. absolutely relate to it. Yeah, yeah. Let's have one that you hate then. Oh, one that I hate. Yes. Well, the top... You need to tell the story of how you watched this film. <laughs> well, do you know, I've got this memory and I, I can't imagine 
that this is true because I just can't imagine that this would have happened, but I do remember it happening. It's got to be true. It's really bizarre. Because you, you wouldn't have made this up in your head. So I remember watching this film. I don't know how old I would have been. I mean, it'd be interesting to see when this film came out and see if that ties in with how old I would have been. So I guess I must have been, I don't know, a teenager, an older teenager maybe, 15, 16, 17, I don't know. And I've got this memory of sitting on the sofa at home with my mum and watching this film and we were knitting, right? And when I tell you the film, you'll be like, what? Because if it was Father of the Bride, you could go, oh yes. Yeah, I know. And the film is alien. <laughs> Can you get your head around that? As oh. to why I would do that. First of all, if you knew my mum, you would know that I just can't imagine that this is a film she would remotely want to watch. And also, I loathe and detest this film. I think it's a vile beyond vile. I think it's the most horrific thing ever. It's awful, awful, awful film. But, you know, I do have this memory and I, I would have just plucked that memory out of thin air, would I? Well, no, it's because have you only, haven't you only seen it once? No, oh, no. Okay. I've seen it a couple of times. Right. When I, when I got a bit older, I'm sure I watched it again. I can't imagine you ever thought... Let, it's awful, isn't it? I mean, I can imagine you why first would anyone time? like that film? <laughs> You've got to be a, a bloke, haven't you, I would say. Well, I don't like it. You don't like it, no, no and you're a bloke. But no, I, I'm, he, I'm not an People out there who like it. There's bound to be people, I think, who are listening to this who like it. I'm just interested to know why you would like it. Well, let's break it down a tiny bit. From a cinematic point of view, I think it is extremely well made. Oh, absolutely. I'm not denying that at all. I think that the effects for when it was made are superb. Yeah. And I also think the acting in it is tremendous. Yes, I'd agree with all of those things. The story, whilst repulsive and horrible, is actually quite good. Yeah. So there are lots and lots of elements. If you are looking at it solely from a filmmaking point of view, yeah. where you could probably appreciate it. But again, it's it comes terrifying. down to. I think it comes down to people's psyches. Some people. Yeah, some people like being scared, don't they? Yeah, they they want to be scared. I have heard someone, funnily, a knitting podcaster that I was watching years ago, and she always used to say she loved horror films because she liked being scared. It, Which, it, it solely comes get, down to your psyche and I guess, yeah. you know, your psyche is created by a million different things yeah, yeah, as you yeah. grow up yeah. and so you know you can't, I suppose you can't really decide what you're going to like. No and I would never, I don't judge anybody no, no. for their choice of but, you know what you like, you like don't you and yeah. get on with it kind of thing. I also, um, I despise Alien but I'll, I'll throw it out a summer blockbuster now which I cannot stand and this is difficult because I really wanted to say Legends of the Fall but Legends of the Fall came out in December oh. and I also I, I it's can't... also fall which yeah, yeah, is yeah. it the title yeah, yeah. that's kind of so, autumnish. so I can't really say that but I, mm. I do have to say I must just say whilst we're here talking about films and films that I don't like that is for me one of the worst films I've ever I've seen I've actually never seen life. it don't. so no. everybody dies Oh gosh, it's like the last storm or whatever it's called. The perfect storm. Perfect storm. How can it be a perfect storm? What a strange title. 
The funny thing is, I read the book and the book is nothing like the film. Right. Because the film is trying to make a sort of dramatic narrative when it's impossible because we don't know what we happened. We don't know what happened because everybody died. This is what I said when I, yeah, when yeah. I finished watching the film. Yeah. I said, hang on a minute. How do we know? I've just watched all of that and yeah. all of that narrative and yeah. all of those things going on. Yeah. They all died. Yeah. How do we know that any of that actually happened? We don't. And why would you make a film about a, such a tragic event? Yeah, I know. It's oh, beyond me. Was that a book? I don't know what it was, right. but I flicked it out of the way. So, what is a summer blockbuster that I hate? Well, I could choose one of two, and I think I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I've not seen that either. Uh, we did start to watch it. Oh, did we really? Yeah, yeah. And we didn't like it. We must have hated it then. We didn't like it at all. You would think that we would have probably thought it was okay, because uh-huh. we like science fiction. Yeah, yeah. But. There was just something about that film which really didn't appeal to us, and the point where we turned it off was where the, 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 the bad guy had come into it, and there was a fairly... I mean, whilst I think it's a PG, but there was a fairly sort of nasty death. Right. And it was all a bit gruesome and a bit sort of... Yeah. But what I don't like about that film is... The same thing that I don't like about the other summer blockbuster which I could have picked, which was X-Men Days of Future Past. Ah. <laughs> Days of Future Past. Yeah, aren't you annoyed? And I've only just told you the title. Irritated by the title. Yes. It also has X-Men in the title, so I would never ever watch something. Uh, you know I don't do superheroes, everyone. Uh, uh, you do? You love Superman. Well, that's different. Yeah. He's he's the OG, as Bryony would say. Yes. You know, he's the original yes. and best yes. and only. Yes. You know, I don't mind Spider-Man, the original film. Yeah. You know, I can live with Spider-Man. Yeah. That's where it stops, really, for me. Where things went wrong, I, I think, is when you have these huge ensemble cast films where I don't think any of the characters have an opportunity to really breathe and I don't think that you can engage with them at all and I I think that another reason why I really don't like Guardians of the Galaxy and I did put it on and watch more of it once on my own and the reason why I didn't like it was I found that there was, uh, in, in the dark scenes, they were dark. And I don't mean in tenor, I mean in visuals. You couldn't see them. And I hate that in films. Oh. I hate that realistic lighting. Oh. And it, it just, you know, saying Guardians of the Galaxy, actually what we're saying is any ensemble superhero movie, yeah. we cannot stand No, no, don't do all. it, don't do it. It's a waste of your life, I think, <laughs> to watch stuff like that. Uh, my opinion, obviously, yes. again, no judgment. Oh no, if you enjoy it, you go watch it and yeah, enjoy it. Absolutely. <laughs> but we don't. Let's lighten the mood with another one of your favourites. Off my list, which is now absolutely soaking another wet. Another one of your wet favourites. Yes, right, which one should I go for? Right, okay, let's go for a classic. And let's say Dirty Dancing. Oh my goodness. Now, this is the film that I was thinking about earlier on because I, I noticed it on your list. Yeah. And I've got no idea when that film came out. 87, I think. Uh, I, but I wonder when in the year it came out. Oh, good question. Hmm, not sure. I feel like it? it's got to be summer. Yeah. I can't imagine them putting it out at any other time. 
because it, you know, it's actually, I mean, the film itself is set, it is the summer, but it's kind of towards the end of the season, isn't it? Yeah. By the time the, the film reaches its conclusion. Because yeah. I think they stay on the resort something like four weeks or something. Yeah. It's quite a long time. Wouldn't you love to go there? I know, Kellerman's. Oh, I would oh, just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine pulling up. I'd do everything. I'd, do... I'd never leave. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Well, that's the whole point of these places, isn't it? But it's still going to but exist, you... isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I did look up one time where it was filmed, and I can't remember now. But, yeah, I'm sure it still exists where they filmed it. Um, but it's obviously the late, great Patrick Swayze yeah. and Jennifer Grey. Yeah. Just a great partnership. And I, I've got to say, it's Patrick Swayze that I obviously watch it for. Yeah. Um, because he's just, oh, he was such a brilliant dancer. Yeah. Because that's how he originally trained, you know, he trained as a dancer. And ballet, um, he did a lot of ballet. Yeah. I think he might have hurt his knee or yeah, something. Yeah, he did, yeah, definitely. Is that right? Yeah. So I had to stop doing that. So I had to stop doing the dancing so much and that's why I went into acting. Yeah. But obviously he's, he's a great dancer and yeah. uh, just it's just such a classic film, isn't it? Classic feel good. Uh, just sit down and just disappear off into that world. I think what's film. great about that film though too is I think it's unisex. I, I think so. I yeah, think it's absolutely. So. At no point did I ever think with that movie, oh, that is a girl's film. No, I don't think it's specifically a girls' film at all. No, not at all. For me, that is a movie that it, it has a similar sort of feel. It's that old-fashioned 60s golden glow. Yeah, yeah. It's a similar sort of to Stand By Me, maybe. You yeah, know, yeah, and because the clothes are amazing as well, aren't they? Yeah. You know, the women in particular with the dresses. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, it just gives that feel of a bygone time, I yeah, guess. Yeah. But a bygone time that's still within a lot of people's memories. Yeah. I would say. Absolutely. It's getting obviously further away as we progress through time. So that's another classic. I love that choice. Yes. I have another absolute classic. Okay. That came out in the summer of 1987. Oh, same year. Wow. And that movie was Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Oh, Wrath of Khan. We've watched it recently. Yes, for Kay's birthday. Yeah. She got the 4K Ultra HD Special Edition Jubbies. I did, I did. Brilliant. Literally the best gift in the history of the world, really I proclaimed. Is. Really is. <laughs> really is. Um, do you know what we found out about um, The Voyage Home? That's a different film, but we found out recently, if you know that this That must have film, been a summer release too. I'd say so. But in The Voyage Home, right, if you know the film, you'll know the scene, but there's this scene where they're on the streets of San Francisco and Chekhov, who is Russian, is asking just random people on the street where the nuclear vessels are. Yeah. The nuclear vessels, what he says, vessels. Yeah. And it was completely like... Nobody was actors around them on the street. And this, he asks this one woman, and this one woman is brilliant, and said, oh, I think do you know, I'm there. not sure. I think they're across the bay in Alameda. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's what I said, Alameda. Yeah. And she was just a member of the public. And they had to go running after her afterwards yeah. to, to get, get her to sign something to yeah. say they could use it yeah. within the film. Yeah. She was I love that. It's so brilliant. I love that so and much. And if you watch it, you would think that she was an actor. No, We, we watched this not. behind the scenes thing. Yeah. And th they set that scene up where they were in the back of a van with the film cameras. Yeah. They stuck, Nichelle Nichols 
and Walter Koenig on, yeah. on the street, yeah. you know, in character. And they were shooting it from a distance yeah. so nobody could see nobody could that there see was a camera. Yeah. So they could get the sort of bustle of the street. And I think they had planted certain people. Yeah. And she just came up and started talking to them. Yeah. And I just think, like you say, utter, utter geniusness. Just brilliant, yeah. But Star Trek, the, the first film, with the greatest of respect, is, is pretty darn average. It's really average. <laughs> the one with Vija and the, oh, the, it's, bald, it's bad. the bald lady. It's a bad film. It's not good. It's not good. And so there must have been a worry that that was going to be the end of it. Yeah. And if that had been the end of it, folks, that would have been the end of it. It would. Without the Wrath of Khan, I don't believe there'd be any next generation or any of the other things that have come afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the Wrath of Khan was the first one that really went crazy yeah. and people loved it. But my goodness, quite rightly, what a brilliant bad guy. Yeah. Ricardo Montalban. Oh, it's just fantastic. Oh my goodness. And y you look, <laughs> when we watched it the other day, you were like looking at his chest. His chesticle has. <laughs> Me and Bryony like to call it. I'm like, look at his chesticle. He's like got his chest out. And yes. it's just, uh, I, the first time I saw him, I was like, that's not a real chest. They've like put something on him. But it's absolutely his chest. And he's not a young, young guy. No, he's just buff. He's very buff. <laughs> what, what I love about that film is, and it's because you've got great actors in it. There's some brilliant, some absolutely brilliant lines. Yeah. From, from William Shatner, yeah, who's yeah, just brilliant yeah. in that role. Yeah. But it's Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. He's so unbelievably brilliant so, at playing he's so evil. so brilliant at evil. And yeah. it's just superb, you know, at the, the very end of the film, he's set the genesis, yeah, you know, yeah. the thing is going, and he's there on his own, everyone else is dead on yeah, his ship. Yeah. And, and he says, with, with great sort of venom, <laughs> from the bowels of hell I strike at thee, <laughs> and then dies. Yeah, it's I mean, just so brilliant. It's like King Lear. It really is. Yeah, but really like is. you know set in space yeah. i mean it is just such a tremendous film just thrown every oh, bit he's, of acting skill he into is it. acting his socks off yeah and i think perhaps that's why people love playing villains so much yeah yeah because you can really go for it i think with heroes there's probably more boundaries that you've got to stay yeah. with After a minor disaster with the radio mics. I'm very sorry. I did something I shouldn't have. Technology. Yeah. Uh, it came disconnected, but everything was fine, thank goodness. So I have edited wonderfully and we're here inside the house, maybe a slightly tiny bit damp. I'm very wet on that side for some reason. Are you wet on the other side? Uh, I think I'm just wet on my back. Oh, right. But Roth of Khan. Oh yes, amazing acting, superb score, you know, effects, highly average. I mean, I just wonder if I got the date wrong. Although, I mean, I did try, because it, it, oh no, 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 I'm not sure of the date. Right. <laughs> I was reading the date. I feel like it must be earlier than 87. Yeah, I think it is earlier than 87. Right. I think that The Voyage Home is 87. Oh. I think Roth Khan is more like 82, 83. It does look early. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The effects are highly average, but what I love about that film is it's like two submarines. Mm. And the music is done like that. The mm. music is James Horner. Right. And James Horner did the music for another one of your favourites, which we spoke about earlier, A Perfect Storm. Uh -oh. 
James oh. Horner got a name for doing music that had a sort of uh, sea-going oh, right. feel okay. to it. And I think that's why they got him. Because I think that's the only one that he did. Because, mm. of course, Jerry Goldsmith is the famous mm. composer mm. for mm. the Star Wars films, and he's just stupendous. But, yes, Wrath of Khan. It's going to round out our list. Folks, I hope we've given you some ideas there for yeah. potential movies that you might go away and watch. What are your favourite summer blockbusters? We'd love to know. It would. Comment. Please do comment in the notes below or by all means send us a message at hello at bakerybears.com. And whilst you're sending us a message saying what your favourite summer blockbuster is, or even better, a summer blockbuster that you hate, mm. by all means do, like I said at the start of the show, send us a suggestion for a show itself. But speaking of shows itself, when we see it in two weeks, well, we won't see it, you'll hear us in two weeks, we're going to be talking about something very exciting because Kay has developed a passion for classical music. Mm. So in that show, we're going to be telling you the story of how that came about, yeah. and we're going to be talking about some of her favourites and some of mine. Yeah. So without further ado, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks for a brand new show. See you soon. Bye. Bye. The Bakery Bears Radio Show is brought to you by Bakery Bear Productions and is made possible by our Bakery Bear patrons. Find out how you can join our Bakery Bear community, access more of what we do, and keep the show on air by visiting www.bakerybears.com forward slash listen forward slash.